Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Super Nintendos, and welcome to NVC episode 638. I'm your host, Bug Maniac, Kat Bailey, and I'm joined today by Casey DeFridis. Hi. Reb Valentine. It's Pokemon time! And our special guest, Nicole Carpenter from Polygon. Hello. I've got this wonderful panel here because today we are going to be reviewing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We're going to be talking about everything that this new generation does. We'll be talking about the good and we'll be talking about some of the bad, i.e. the tech issues. All the reviews are live. We will be avoiding embargoes lest uh, Nintendo come and kneecap us because the embargo restrictions on this one is real strict. Before we get to the main topic, uh, one thing that I want to highlight, we have IGN rewards going on right now. All of them are available for IGN registered users. We've got two giveaways running right now, including one with a prize pack for Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which includes the game plushies and more. So go and check that out on IGN.com. But let's get right to it. Pokemon review round table. And I think that it is unavoidable. We have to talk about the manky in the room or the, the Don fan in the room, I should say, <laughs> yeah. which is the tech issues. They're big. Yeah. They're bad. And I think we all kind of agree on that. Right, Red? Reb? Yeah. Um, I, and I'm, I, I'm glad I, I'd asked beforehand to get this out of the way first, because I think there's a lot of really good things to talk about. And I want us to like be able to sort of, you know, gush or not uh, over those things. But yeah, the tech issues are very much the Don fan in the room. Uh, this game runs like trash. I'm so sorry. It is like, it is genuinely one of the worst playing games, uh, like AAA games that I played on the Switch pretty much ever. Um, and it's, I've seen like, cause the reviews are out at the time of recording this. I've seen some discussion uh, from people who have not played it, you know, as to what this means because other Pokemon games have not run well either. Like I wouldn't say Sword and Shield or Arceus ran particularly well, uh, but this is like a new level of bad. Uh, there is a frame rate all over the place, uh, just completely inconsistent. Uh, characters not that far away doing weird little like stop motion animation movements. Uh, lots of pop in, uh, characters flashing really rapidly because I mean, you can see in the footage 
message if you're watching uh, the video version of this, like flashing really rapidly in the distance uh, because the game isn't sure if they need to be there or not. Uh, Pokemon clipping in and out of walls and the floors. The my uh, One of the gym battles I did, I had my Pokemon sunk halfway through the floor through the entire gym battle. Uh, camera <laughs> the issues where it'll like focus on the like it'll flip through a mountain and show the void uh i had a one of, one of my pokemon was evolving at one point the camera like panned down and i was staring like halfway at my pokemon and halfway at just a weird blank skybox void uh which is really distracting uh lag running around through areas where like there's water effects or rain or something and the game just chug chug chugs uh and then i casey can speak to this more but i i know that she at least had a hard crash at one point too so just really all over the place, really distracting and takes away from all the wonderful things that we are going to talk about after this. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, all of that. And I'm I'm the first person to ignore visual glitches as long as the gameplay is fun and not affected. But unfortunately, I feel like it encroaches into that territory. It's um, the, the slowdown and just the loading screens. I know before the day one patch, we're calling it a day one patch. I don't even know if that's the right term for it but the first patch for the game is already out and apparently the loading screens were even worse so the loading oh, wow. in between like picking things up and going into doors like that is fixed a little bit but i still feel like the loading between choosing things is very bad i yeah. <laughs> i thought i was going crazy because i was getting increasingly impatient with the length it takes to do battles so i actually timed it and from the time that you press a button to switch out a Pokemon to the time you get to see what your opponent is doing is 12 seconds. Like that is too long to wait for a Pokemon to switch out. And half that time is just waiting for a text box to appear, appear and go away. And then it, in total, it takes between like 17 and 20 seconds for a, a one turn. Like that is, mm. it adds up. It's a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot now. It's like, oh, 20 seconds a turn. It's not that bad, but when you're fighting trash or you're just trying to catch a Pokemon that refuses to get in a Pokeball, it can get grating, I suppose. <laughs> and there are some other glitches as well. Like that slowdown just kind of affects things here and there. And there are issues with item box text, text boxes kind of just like flashing on the screen and going away. So you can't actually see what you just picked up, which is especially obnoxious as a guide writer. I'm just Yes. <laughs> so annoyed. <laughs> so annoyed at that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I know people complained a lot about Sword and Shield and Arceus performance issues. And I was, it was very easy for me to ignore the technical issues in those games. Like, I'm, I really don't care. <laughs> but this game did have issues that encroached upon my enjoyment, even though I did very much enjoy the game. Nicole would one of the <laughs> oh yeah one of the big issues for me was going into stores specifically clothing stores um oh, I God, could yeah. never see what I was buying before I bought it um so I had no idea with any of the customization like I didn't know what it was going to look like until I bought it and had it on so I made some unfortunate decisions there for one the beanie <laughs> I hate the beanie especially from the back but uh yeah, that's, that's what it was largely for me. Um, and also frame rate issues. And um, another one that was quite upsetting for me was um, when you're standing like on the edge of one area to the next area or like a pokey stop um, and like an area where two areas meet. When you cross over that boundary, the Pokemon on the other side of the boundary 
even if they're right next to you, all disappear. I so, didn't even notice that. I wonder if that's what was happening. <laughs> yeah. So it made, so like I could be accidentally crossing over that invisible boundary despite wanting to catch the Pokemon right next to me. Oh, yeah. And the, all of those Pokemon would disappear. Oh, weird. Yeah. Very strange. I, I, uh, in full disclosure, I have not had a chance to po play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet yet. I am looking forward to it. I'm going to pick up Pokemon Violet. I was watching Reb play it, though, in the office, and wow. Uh, mm. A couple of takeaways. First of all, the slowdown. Mm -hmm. It was almost like there was a memory leak. It was kind of shocking when she was running over the, uh, the actual world map. And then another thing was maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm having kind of better memories of Pokemon Sword and Shield than what was the actual reality. I'm not entirely sold on this art style. I feel like Pokemon Sword and Shield actually looked better, or at least that was my recollection. Because say what you want about that game, there were a lot of moments where I thought the Galar region actually looked really good, especially when you were standing on hills and you were looking down on various towns and everything. Uh, there was a, a money shot vista, Rev, that you were showing me where you're standing over and looking down into a giant town square. Yeah. And it was looked very simple and basic in terms of the actual textures. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm of two minds about that, actually. There are places, there are many places in here, uh, in towns, um, actually, honestly, for people who are picking up the game tonight, the, your house, like when you, when you walk out of your house, your house is very detailed and beautiful. There's like, you know, this beautiful like vegetable garden and flowers everywhere and everything is like very nice. Uh, so there's, there's places in this game where I can tell that some some designers had some real good chops on them and they like did some wonderful detail work and made this lovely lovely place uh but then you're right there's other areas where you're like wow what's going on here uh there is uh there's a lot of low res textures just kind of not not the whole game but random things will just have weirdly low res textures and i know you saw some of them in that specific spot uh there's you know several other that, others that i could point out and it, it's just it's very glaringly noticeable especially when everything else next to it comparatively is a little better uh so yeah it's a weird it's a weird clash and mixture and then when you throw on top of that everything running bad it just you know doesn't doesn't quite work out what i'm one i have a theory on this and my and it's just me wildly speculating, but my theory is that a lot of developers were specifically targeting a updated processor for the Switch Pro and that behind the scenes maybe uh, things yeah. changed maybe last year and that forced a lot of developers to scramble. And that's maybe why we are seeing uh, frame rate issues on the flip side. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 runs really, really well. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, maybe also you need to just stop making uh, excuses here and say, hey, like, they didn't do a great job with the tech on this one. Other games can run perfectly fine on the Nintendo Switch. What's your deal, Pokemon? Yeah. I, I do have to say, like, it, it looks to me that what they're trying to do is pretty ambitious with everything going on like i feel like one of the reasons there is slow down in those turn-based battles is because it's still rendering a bunch of the characters around it while you are battling so while you're battling you can still see something really far away like a pokemon running around like they even still have the little like emotions that like pop up out of their heads and stuff and some will come up and watch you and things so it's rendering more than just a battle and there are times where you're walking through and there are the blades of grass that react to wind and everything but as reb said it's not that's it's not there all the time uh <laughs> but it does seem like they tried 
to do more. I don't know. I don't really know what my point with that. I'm just saying like, there's a lot more to it than past Pokemon games, I guess. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the tech issues and that's been one of the main talking points about this. But whenever I've talked to Rev, she's been saying, look, it's one of the best Pokemon generations I've ever played. It's astonishing a lot of what they've done with this game. It's just marred by the tech issues. So I'm curious, as a, a Pokemon, a, bit, a little bit of a lapsed Pokemon fan, having played a little burned out, not going to lie. I'm just curious, like, what does this do so well? I think it, uh, it, the, so Game Freak promised with this, and I was very skeptical of this promise, uh, open world Pokemon, uh, like, like true open world, go where you want, do what you want. And that, that sounds bogus, doesn't it? Like, they're not going to let you do that, right? Like every Pokemon game, even Arceus, Arceus was like, you know, more open, but it's still had, you know, go to here, do this, go here, do this in a nice, neat little linear order. Uh, no, they were not kidding. Uh, you can do what you want. There's, there's a couple hour long, like sort of, you know, first route tutorial kind of thing that you have to get through to learn how to, you know, catch a Pokemon, whatever. Uh, but then you basically walk out the doors of the school and it says, okay, whatever you want. And they mean it. You can go to the hardest gym. You can just run up there and fight it if you want. I don't recommend that, but you can, uh, you can, you can do things in whatever order. If you just want to run around and catch Pokemon and ignore the plot for 40 hours, power to you go for it. Nothing will stop you. You can catch super strong Pokemon. You can like, it won't, it, it just won't stop you. Uh, and that works so well for Pokemon because I think it it resells to me the fantasy of going on a Pokemon adventure, right? Like I have my little Fukoko next to me and I'm going out into the world and my journey is what I make of it. It's, you know, the people I discover, the Pokemon, uh, the friends that I make along the way, the gym leaders, wh whatever it is, like I get to make that my own. And it does, you know, it does eventually, you know, come together and there's, there's plot that happens, but like the, the, the freedom to just get lost for five hours wandering down a route going, oh, what's down here? Oh, there's a bunch of Pokemon I've never seen before and they're cool. Uh, gosh, I love that. And that, it, it it takes me right back to childhood. I mean, that's that's what I wanted. I wanted to be, you know, the, the Ash Ketchum version, version of myself wandering through a forest and being surprised by things. You wanted to be the very best, like no one ever was? I, or you I did. wanted to catch them all? And he he finally became the best. He hasn't caught them all yet, but he did Congratulations the best. to congrats, Ash Ketchum. Congrats to Ash Ketchum. Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, and that's what it does and there's a million little things that i think it does well in between that but that's that's the fantasy that's the thing it sells and gosh darn it they did it dang it <laughs> <laughs> this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom blackout restrictions apply which i thought was Kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want 
I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things that really sold that sold that for me is um, getting on the Miraidon and soaring through the sky and like seeing something off in the distance like maybe it's a bad texture but like seeing that <laughs> and knowing that like oh there's that thing over there I can go there I don't know what it is I'm not going to check the map and I'm just going to go there and like do that like whatever it is and and to go from there I loved that the map is a little like you know it, it's really detailed but like I loved the feeling of ignoring the map and just like exploring yeah, I did a lot of exploring. Like I did some, I did a lot of structured exploring. Like I should go here for a purpose, but I got sidetracked very, very often and enjoyably. And it was nice that it let me do that. Like I wandered into an area that was obviously too high level for me, but you can strategize around that, right? Like you can put a Pokemon in the front of your party with Runaway, so you can still keep going if you wanted to and not have to fight anything. And you can still catch those super high-level Pokemon that you absolutely have no business to be catching, and but you can, and they might listen to you. Uh, that is like the one, I guess the one restriction they put on you is you still need gym badges to perfectly control the really high-level Pokemon. And you know what? Like, I think that's fine. That like tiny bit of structure, yeah, it makes sense. Like you, a 10-year-old shouldn't be able to go out and catch a level 50 Gyarados and have it listen to it. Like, 
that just completely like spits in the face of everything we've learned from watching Ash's adventure, right? And his Charizard. But <laughs> it it's just a it's just a really fun time. It was also I want to say relaxing, but interesting. I think it solves a lot of the issues in Legends Arceus that I know Reb had as well, where they're just, the the world was fun to explore at first, but it became glaringly obvious there wasn't enough in it to make it worth exploring. And I feel like Legends Arceus does have enough in it to make it worth exploring. There are tons of items, there are tons of TMs, there's tons of Pokemon, there's little like secrets and rare things to collect as you're going, going along. It just really solves that for me. Yeah, I I agree with that because uh, that that was my critique of Arceus is that there were just so many caves that I would wander into and great, it's Zubat again, cool. Uh, Don't hate on Zubat. <laughs> I've already caught like fifty of them, man. Like, what did Zubat do to you? Uh, plenty, uh, confusion, a lot of it. Uh, it's yeah, true. Yeah, but this. I don't want to. I don't want to oversell it because like we do. There are no dungeons. Uh, well. Not really. Not in the way people would be thinking really? of them. No, no, it's it's not doing that. It's not doing like you know. Oh, here's here's a specific cave that's like a separate map that you walk into. And it's like dungeon. Legends Arceus in that way. Yeah, too. it's it's yeah. it's all open. Uh, there's not really a lot of puzzle. Really, uh, I guess the gym uh, challenges are kind of puzzle solving, but not really. Uh, so th there's none of that. If you're like a hardcore RPG person who's looking for that, Pokemon hasn't really historically had a lot of that. I think. I think I thought that's what I was looking for out of Arceus when I said that the world was empty. And I still stand by that world being empty. Uh, but but Scarlet and Violet have solved the problem for me in a different way, which is that they made those locations interesting by putting interesting monsters in them. Arceus, I think, in a lot of ways, sometimes felt like someone had just kind of vomited a bunch of random Pokemon in, into yeah. a corner, and and that was that. Uh, but And I guess this goes into another thing I want to praise it for, is that the Pokemon behaviors have, have taken another step up, too. So uh, Pokemon, instead of, again, just sort of like being splattered all over the place uh they they behave in ways so uh i can talk about this pokemon uh hopip is a pokemon you will encounter very early on in your adventure uh it's in this game you will find them in like nice little clusters sort of floating along dreamily in little groups like their friends uh later on in harder areas you might find a skip bloom or a jump pluff also out there and they'll be like in the middle and they'll be surrounded by a bunch of little hopip like a little herd with a mother it's so <laughs> cute uh there's a lot of interactions like that uh magic real quick oh speaking speaking of the Hopip. I was actually on a on a hill with some Hopip, and a storm uh, came up, and they actually blew away. <gasps> <That's> so cute! <laughs> That's so cute! That's really cool. I hope they're okay. Uh, yeah, like and Magikarp uh, will swim in the water, but if it ends up on the shoreline, it'll it'll get too close, and then it'll just start flopping around because it, it washed up. Uh, and there's there's a lot of things like that, like little touches. And they'll be you'll be out in an area, and sure, like the, the grassy area will have a bunch of different Pokemon kind of wandering around it. But if you if there's like a little cave or like a little water area, there'll be certain Pokemon clustered around the water that are different from the ones that are out in the grass. It's like a very small thing, but the fact that they have more animal like more natural behaviors makes it very much worth it for me to actually when i see sort of a big area to actually go and poke my head in the cave to poke my head over by the the end of the stream because there might be items there but there also might be interesting pokemon doing interesting things maybe a terra pokemon out on the overworld uh that, that has made it worth it for me to take that extra step and go over there and see what's going on to return to pokemon legends arceus really quickly um, one of the main talking points around Scarlet and Violet when it was first released was people were like, I can't go back to the original way of catching Pokemon. Uh, you can now, go back. Now that Scarlet and Violet is out, <laughs> how are we feeling about this? 
I thought I was going to miss um, just throwing a Pokeball and, uh, you know, catching the Pokemon, but I didn't miss it here. Um, I mean, it would be nice at certain times, but like as a mainline Pokemon game, doing these battles feels like an essential part of it. And if like you were able to do this, you know, the same catching method as an Arceus, I don't think it would feel right. I think it would feel like a different game um, rather than, you know, this is a mainline Pokemon game. Like there are some things that you expect and I think that battling and catching that way is part of it. Yeah, I think it kind of boils down, uh, this is like a weird thing to say, it boils down to like in-game economies in kind of a weird way. Uh, Arceus's economy was sort of built around being able to catch po many Pokemon very quickly. Uh, this is not built like that. Like you're not supposed to be able to, you're, you're not supposed to have 50 Psyduck in your storage. Uh, that does not, that's not how this is meant to be played. Uh, Scarlet and I mean, if you want the perfect nature of... Psyduck with the best IVs, then maybe you do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Scarlet and Violet uh, sort of flip that, and instead of being able to catch Pokemon very quickly, you're able to battle them very quickly with the auto auto battle system. So you send out, or let's go, whatever it is. You send out a Pokemon, uh, and it'll just sort of run around, and assuming it's a high enough level, or you don't have like a type weakness or something, it'll just sort of steamroll everything that's in front of you. Uh, and this is mostly great. I know Casey has a very specific issue with it, uh, but I... <laughs> I found it, it, it helped for me sort of ease the weirdness of not having level scaling. I think ultimately not having level scaling is a good thing because there actually are difficult areas you can run into. If you didn't have level scaling, there would be nothing like that. Everything would just be the same level of challenge. Um, but, but this way, when I, you know, when I had, you know, gone through the really hard areas early on and then ended up back in an easier, easier area on accident, uh, being able to sort of auto battle my way through it and just sort of, you know, collect all the little like Pokemon pieces of fluff or whatever it is that they drop when they faint. Uh, that's a horrible sentence. Uh, being able to do that very quickly, being able to get a little bit of experience points for it quickly and not have to just slog through 50 different random battles. Uh, that was great. And so I think they're sort of experimenting with what is the thing we want you to do in batches uh and i i like that they're experimenting with it and i think for what scarlet and violet was trying to do this system works yeah i think the the tm crafting mechanic would have been extremely tedious if it didn't have the auto battles that let you collect the materials i think the tm like without the auto battles the tm crafting system could not exist like everyone would hate it i think because the auto battles are there it's totally fine because you can just kind of passively collect things as you're going the one complaint that i have that reb brought up which i'm still i still haven't come to a conclusion whether it's good or bad um but you don't actually get effort values from auto battling i know that doesn't mean a lot of things to everyone but basically your pokemon stats won't grow as strong as they would if you had done the regular battling battling versus the auto battling and on one hand this is good because you're not going to accidentally train your Pokemon in a stat that you don't want them to train in. But on the other hand, it takes away a, a potentially, it would have been a really nice way to EV train. <laughs> Preston Chase Sharp wants to know, and this is a mini question block. Are Pokemon designs, get, designs getting better or worse? Hot take. They've always been good. They've never been bad. <laughs> um no bad pokemon everyone a perfect gem. no actually i think there are some bad pokemon but i think that's good i think it's good that we have bad pokemon like okay 
Now, now I'm having a whole take. Uh, so Temtem, right? Treb take. Temtem came out not long ago. Uh, a lot of people were hailing it as, oh, this is going to be the Pokemon killer. It was not. Uh, there are you know, various reasons for that. But I think one of the reasons is every monster in Temtem is either really cute or really cool. Like every one of them. Pokemon has some lamos. It really does. But that's great. It's great that you have really lame Pokemon. There's a bunch that I cannot talk about because they're under embargo that are so dumb. And it's great. It's great that we have lame Pokemon because we also have cute Pokemon. We also have cool Pokemon. We have powerful Pokemon with spikes. We have derpy little dudes with silly faces. I love them all. I love them all so much. Uh, but like... The monster variety has always been good. It's always been weird. I think the monster design continues to be good in this game. I can't, I don't know for sure. I feel like Game Freak has hired some youths uh, who know the <laughs> memes, uh, who are designing some monsters that feel like jokes, and it's hilarious. Great. Bring them on. The Pokemon have always been bad, and that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pokemon great. needs the bad Pokemon. It does. Uh, what do you think, Nicole? I think that the Pokemon designs are weird, and that's good. <laughs> um, I wish, like Reb said, I wish we could talk about some of the new Pokemon, because there are some that are just so weird and so good in that way that, like, regardless of how ugly or cute it is, like, they are strange, and that makes them interesting to me. Um, even the ones that are, like you know, a sword or an ice cream cone from, from other games. Like those are weird. And I like that. I like Pokemon going weird with their, uh, their designs. That's, that works for me. Casey. Just, just look at cloth. It's a crab. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> uh, man. Um, I don't know. I think, Pokemon designs always tend to grow on me more than I think they would, especially after you get the chance to use them in game. I think you grow attachments to these little monsters that you don't expect to. And sometimes I end up using Pokemon that I think look so stupid, but I kind of need them to round out my team in the moment, and then I like them. <laughs> so I guess it's due. They're doing their job. But some of the designs in this, this round are really, really cool. Um, a lot of them I don't really care for that much to be honest like some of a lot of the new pokemon i just don't like that much <laughs> but i i wish i could say specifically like which ones yeah. i thought were really cool like i really like like Furigraph, like for one. example i love Furigraph. Oh, yeah, for is great um some of, yeah some of them are really neat but other ones i think will take some time to grow on you and as, as robin nicole said i think that's that's the norm <laughs> What do we think of the the crystallizing mechanic? Because I will, I have to say I was not that in on it when it was first revealed. Because I was kind of like, well, good. Here's an, another gimmick. Why don't we just go back to Mega Evolutions? I think as as just an idea, it's fine. But as a way to encourage people to play this game long term and do raid battles genius because before raid battles you know had gigantamax pokemon right and once you had caught like a, a gigantamax pokemon you you kind of had it like you 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 had the thing that you wanted there wasn't a whole lot of reason to sort of like there, there wasn't as wide a variety of things to go after but now like Gyarados, for instance, I could conceivably find a Gyarados with any t possible type, like in its Terra typing. Uh, and if I want to put together a strategy with a, I 
don't competitive battle. I don't know what's good with like a, a rock Terra typing for some reason and give it some cool rock type moves. Uh, I can go find that. I can like go do a bunch of battles like looking for that specific Gyarados and I can put together a real weird strategy. And when I go into whatever competitive battle situation I'm in, my opponent has no idea which of my Pokemon I'm going to Terra evolve and what typing it's going to be when I Terra evolve it. So it adds this like wonderful element of surprise, this extra element of hunting because I never know when I go up to one of those things like what I'm going to find. And I was like, oh, so it's harder to target but more fun of a surprise. Uh, so I love it as a way to encourage people to do raid battles, which are one of the features in Sword and Shield that I think was fantastic and I'm so excited as making a comeback. Like I'm really stoked for my friends to start playing tomorrow because uh, you know once they get far enough, we're all going to do raid battles together and I'm going to like be looking for weird tarot types and it's going to be super duper fun. Uh, also, Pokemon get cool hats. That's great. <laughs> And five-star raid battles are really hard. Um, they're impossible to do alone unless you have like a level 100 Pokemon. And um, yeah, it, it, I think it adds a different level of challenge to the game when you do come across a Pokemon who has a Terra type that you're not expecting. Um, it's I hated um, the Dynamax feature. And so when I heard about, you know, if we're getting this gimmick again, I immediately thought I was going to hate it. But I love it. and. Like you said, Reb, the hats are so cute. They're cute. I, I really enjoyed seeing all of the different hats on a bunch of different Pokemon. I know that sounds so silly, but it's just like, oh, look at his hat. And like, <laughs> there are some hats that look like they were just made for the Pokemon that they're on. It just makes it even better. But I totally agree the competitive, um, like, what's, I'm just like, my brain is mush right now. I'm doing my best. <laughs> but the competitive aspects that terrestrializing includes will be awesome. I'm sure in the meta, there will be a handful of like, you're going to look at this Pokemon with this particular terror type and everyone's going to have it because it's the best thing ever. But there are so many more options now than were ever available. So I, th so I think we'll get to see more unique and surprising strategies than we did before in competitive, which is very, very cool. I know like Wolfie from VGC, a previous um, championship winner, has already put down like a whole Twitter thread of like potential really awesome, great terror type combinations. Like there's a whole, there's already so much theory crafting and I love it because it's one of the things I like about Pokemon so much because theory crafting different sets with abilities and moves and everything is so much fun and terrestrializing just adds in a whole other layer. And Nicole, you're right, those five star uh, terror raid battles are difficult, especially with NPCs. I've only tried them with NPCs and mm -hmm. If you if that Pokemon knocks you out, the NPCs don't do anything. <laughs> they just sit there, Useless. and it's just it's a time it's time. It, there's a time limit, and it's like, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? You don't have to just like watch me and be sad that I'm dead. Like, keep attacking <laughs> the bad guy. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand. So I'm assuming that these um, those five star raid battles will be significantly easier mm -hmm. with people who will be like, oh, you're dead. That's cool. I'm gonna keep attacking the bad guy. It'll be much. <laughs> easier and um but i do expect those six and seven star raids to be quite difficult yeah i will i will just I haven't gotten to to put do one yet so yeah i will just like slip in here that uh so ign pu published a review in progress uh we did not score this review uh and there were several reasons for that you can read about it in the review in progress go read it uh but one of the reasons one of the main reasons is that online was not turned on uh and this is usually the case for pokemon games they don't turn on the online until launch day but before it hasn't really been a huge deal because we've at least been able to like test out the features it's training and battling what would he do uh but this time you can play four player co-op not just in like raid battles and stuff but you can wonder 
partner around the world with up to three friends. And I couldn't tell you what you can do in that mode. I don't know if it's just running around. I don't know if you see the same Pokemon. I don't know if you can like catch Pokemon together. Battle. I have no idea. None of us do because we haven't gotten to test it yet. So uh, we opted to hold our score until we've been able to test that. I really hope it doesn't make the game run worse. I'm worried. It, it did for Sword and Shield significantly. So I'm yeah. a, a little bit worried. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine four Pokemon trainers on the, the screen at once. It might just be a slideshow. It might be like Goldeneye back in the day. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm really stop motion. Fine. Yeah, oh, no. All right, final thoughts before we move on. And what do we want to see next from Pokemon? Let's start with you, Reb. Uh, I want to see more of this, but that runs better. That's literally it. Like I, I hope, I hope they do the same thing they did with Sword and Shield, where they stick with this game for a couple of years. Well, two, I guess they did two years with Sword and Shield. You can give this thing three years uh, if you do some paid DLC and have some patches to fix how it performs. Uh, that would be great. This world is so fun. There's so much opportunity. I, I hope we have more open world Pokemon games like this, and I also hope we have more spinoffs like Arceus, more remakes like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Outsource those to other studios. But you're doing amazing. Like this is, this is the thing, Game Freak. You did it. You you have solved my childhood fantasy as an adult. I am in. I love all these little dudes. Uh, I want to have more Pokemon adventures. Uh, I also want to throw in, since you're asking for my final thoughts, uh, sound, score soundtrack on this. Fantastic. They brought in Toby Fox. Uh, Undertale fans, you can totally tell. Uh, the motifs, yeah. beautiful. Love it. Uh, great game. Play it. Uh, cringe at the performance issues. <laughs> What do you think, Casey? Um, you know, pretty much same. I really, really enjoy this game. I still think it's worth playing despite the the technical issues, unless you're one of those people who are like, the tree texture is terrible, untouchable, in which case, like, I guess this game isn't for you. But if you can, I think a lot of it is ignorable. It was really disappointing for that one hard crash that I had because I don't have auto saving on because, you know... I test things out and save and stuff. So I lost some progress, which was sad. But I I think it's a really great game underneath these issues. And I still think it's worth playing. It's very, very fun. I can't wait to play with everyone once the multiplayer is available. And yes, the music is great. There's so many... The music is so much more varied than it usually is in Pokemon games. Like I was so surprised to go to a different area and have different music in the battles like a bunch of pokemon have like their own theme songs like it's very cool nicole i wanted to shout out the food in this game um oh man uh, <laughs> going yeah. to all the different restaurants and looking at what they had on their menu or like the ice creams the churros that was like a really big joy for me and the food looks delicious maybe the most delicious looking food in a pokemon game um the sandwich making mini game, you know, it's all right. But like, I think it's really interesting that these give you those passive buffs. And I'm excited to see, like, test a little bit more, like, how they work specifically with shiny hunting and with breeding. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the food. Love it. And uh, love to make a tower sandwich that has tofu and fruit and cloth sticks. You can eat cloth in this game. Oh, oh no. no! Wait, what? Oh God. You can what? Cloth sticks. It's an ingredient. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a Rep dish. Space right now. Yeah, there's a dish um, in one of the restaurants that's like a cloth stew. Ew. Also, you can eat. Oops.
I don't think I was supposed to say that one. Yeah, we gotta, we we gotta we bleep it out. That. Okay. So we can eat it. <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon noise can... over that segment. Yeah, yeah. thank you. The, thank the you. cloth bit is fine. The, the thing she just said yep. is not. Uh, <laughs> it's not surprising to me that the food in Pokemon is getting progressively better because it kind of coincides with Pokemon's evolution into a lifestyle brand. Reb is making like an expression. Right Sorry, now. I was reacting to the fact that eating a cloth is better somehow, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Nicole. She's I right. was thinking about the sandwiches, but fair enough. Um, as for me, I, uh, I'm really intrigued by the nonlinear aspect. One of the things that's been kind of holding me back for a long time is that I've just been grinding through the story as fast as possible because the, the story long since had kind of lost its appeal to me. I was always just trying to get to the end game and I was getting frustrated by the lack of good solo content in the end. So the idea of a nonlinear Pokemon that gives me a lot more, uh, that does more to maybe merge the end game and the regular story is definitely intriguing to me, though. I wish they would have Pokemon home support right out of the gate because I want to bring all my pals. Oh, no, there's so, many right there's so many. There's so many. You'll be fine. There's so many. So many Pokemon. Especially right, right out the gate. So many available to you. Just like right there. I got very distracted catching Puns. Pokemon at the beginning. Yeah. Um, one of the nice things is that starting with Sword and Shield, they introduced the ability to just immediate. If you got to a Pokemon to level 100, you could instantly get its EVs and IVs perfectly perfect by taking it to specific people with, with some grinding. And they have that. Hmm? Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that it makes catching ra random wild Pokemon and then using them during the story a lot more appealing, I think. Yeah. I was going to say also to what you said there, uh, we can't talk obviously about the ending and I wouldn't spoil it for anything. Uh, it is one of the best endings to a Pokemon game mm. that I have seen in a hot minute. Exciting. Uh, it's, it goes hard. Oh, going hard. That's Pokemon. The story is really cool. The character development is good. It is much better than yeah. so many of the other, other character development of any of the other characters in the past games. Um, like they're pretty earlier in the game there are some situations where i was like tearing up but i'm a baby so i don't know maybe it was just me but <laughs> it's still a kid's game it's still a family game it's not sure. i mean don't expect yeah. like you know real deep dark stuff but it's pretty good the classes the classes that you take some of those some of those professors are dropping really good life lessons that you can take with you into the oh, real world deep lore <laughs> big wholesome well Let's have a little wee bait really quickly. Yes, the wee bait is a segment in which we are asked a question and we all have our individual takes. And then we also go to the audience. And this week's wee bait is, do you name your Pokemon? Yes and or no. And my answer is, depends on the situation, actually. I usually name my starter and I get kind of lazy about actually naming my Pokemon during the main story because I see them as fairly disposable. But if I do train <laughs> them and take the time to raise them up, absolutely, I come up with a really good name for them. And it allows me to uh, build an attachment to them. Also, when I do a Nuzlocke run, obviously you have to name them because when they obviously. die, then it's like, oh no, Nadia too. What happened to you? So I kind of <laughs> no, <buddy. laughs> oh, Nadia. No. poor Nadia. Um, what's your take, Reb? Oh, absolutely. You have to nickname them. I actually didn't used to, and I did Nuzlocke runs for a while. And that like, I love nicknaming them so much that now it's what I do all the time. Uh, obviously my friends, Chomsky, Lord Whoops, Agent 47, Isla, and... <laughs> 
Oh, crap. I forgot the other two. Edison. <gasps> forgot my sixth. Anyway, sorry, whoever you are. Uh, they're, they're my buds. Uh, they have names. Uh, it, it'd be like if all of us were just called human. Every Pikachu is just called Pikachu. I definitely used to give them very serious names, and now I give them very silly names. Mm, so, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. Evolving mindset, I think, with Pokemon. How about you, Casey? I... <laughs> It's again, like sometimes I will nickname, sometimes I don't. Now I don't nickname them when I am playing a game for the first time with new Pokemon for a very specific practical reason. And that's so I can remember their names. Because if I nickname them, I will never remember the new Pokemon's names. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. How about you, Nicole? Never. I never oh. name I never nickname my Pokemon. I like to yeah, I, I like the feeling of like you know, like in the show, like that's just Pikachu. Like uh, that's just how I've always been. I've never nicknamed my Pokemon. See, ever. Ash doesn't nickname his Pokemon, but other trainers in the Pokemon anime yeah. do. For example, Richie nicknamed his Sparky. like Zeppo and Sparky. That yeah. kind of not Zeppo. Uh, it, it was a little controversial because he named one after a lighter brand. Oh. Oh, it was Charmander, right? Yeah, it was Charmander. It wasn't Zeppo. I can't I can't remember for some reason. But yeah, no, Richie named his Pokemon and he beat Ash, so well, maybe that tells you something. What have we learned? What have we learned? Richie's better at <laughs> Rich, Richie got to be the champion years ago. Okay. Catch up, Ash. That's true. But we asked our community what they think, and actually it was very lopsided. Absolutely yes gets a nineteen percent. No, why would I name my Pokemon fifty seven percent? Who are you wow. monsters? Wow. And then uh, they were able to add a lot of different categories to the poll. So we got, what's a Pokemon? 4%. Somewhat, when I think of something <laughs> clever or horrible, 8%. Only the starter, 2%. The they already have names, 4%. Every time I consider it, but I ultimately hate the idea, 1%. Only in Nuzlocke's, 2%. Only Shinies, only Rarely, and only for Draft League and PAX Pokemon League teeter leader teams. 1%. I love shouting out the PAX Pokemon leader, gym Those leader teams. Those are very specific very answers. Yes. Specific. They got more it's and more like, specific yes, no, as question. we question. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised there's no only terrible names, only when I'm wonder training them. Because mm. there's there's so many of those. The terribly nicknamed wonder trade Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I do. I mean, I get, I'm with you. I give mine silly names. Like, I can't, mm. I can't tell you what Pokemon this is, but I have one named Agent 47, and it's for a really silly reason. <laughs> I, my other thing was that Originally, I had to give them all the names all caps because it looked weird um, because every, oh, yeah. all the names would always be in caps. And but then, then they changed it at a certain point. So I have a lot of Pokemon that still have names that are all capitalized. Yeah, I have that, too. And like my Pokemon home. And they're all they're all like even worse nicknames because I was yeah. in middle school. And you <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny having Pokemon from Ruby and Sapphire still in uh, Sword and Shield and ha them having very extra names. I have a Blaziken <laughs> from back then named Blaze. Oh, In all caps. That's adorable. So it's creative. not. It's lame. Classic. Really lame. <laughs> yeah, they reflect whatever I happen to be into at that time. So it's like, oh, this, this Pokemon has a lot of Gundam-related nicknames. Okay, mm, yeah. <laughs> here we go. All right, well... No, I was... <laughs> well, we I share my nickname... Sorry. <laughs> I keep I keep doing this too, Kat. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, uh, Casey. I was, when I was a little kid, I named my Aerodactyl Air Razor. And I named my Victory Bell something that is so awful I can't say it. Podcast, so. <laughs> now I'm really curious. <laughs> you don't want to know. It's so stupid. Tell us I'll tell you after. Bonus content. Subscribe to oh, IGN Rewards no. and find out 
what she named her Pokemon. Don't promise that. <laughs> what is that? I don't red? know. Wacky waving and playable. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's Thanks, Reb. Or right, Red. Uh, red. <laughs> All right, we've talked a whole bunch about Pokemon, but I don't know if people have had time to play other games, but I wanted to highlight some other things that are happening in the world of Nintendo right now, including Game of the Year nominations just came out, and it looks like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 ended up kind of leading the way for Nintendo. It got a Game of the Year nomination and also a nomination for Best Soundtrack, which it did have... A killer soundtrack. Do we have? Do we think that Xenoblade Chronicles Three has any chance of winning no. the Game of the Year? You don't think it's going to be God of War Ragnarok or Elden Ring? No. <laughs> do you? No. I'm I sorry. Don't. It's like a placeholder, right? It's going to be one of those two. It's, I'm just yeah. impressed that enough people like got. I, I mean, I guess there's no promise that the people who were on these juries finished this game, but. Like enough people played enough of this to nominate it. Yeah, I didn't think anybody wanted to play something that I was, got, you know, I think it, it came out at the long. right time. It came out in August, and it was kind of in a dead period. So a lot of people just picked it up, especially on word of mouth. And I think mm. it grabbed a lot of people who had never been into Xenoblade Chronicles before. I mean, it definitely grabbed me. Um, my co-hosts on my other podcasts are just extolling its virtues. I know multiple people, like Michael Hyam, were saying it's their game of the year. So Ooh, good for it. Yeah, it might be the best Switch game to have come out this year. Like, I don't know. Kirby? Digimon Survive came out this year. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm looking at Kirby. I'm looking at Pokemon Legends Arceus, the other Pokemon. Not Arceus. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot of competition, I don't think. It's been a good year for Nintendo, but in terms of, like, Game of the Year contenders, this might be it. Mm. Rep, you played a lot of Splatoon 3. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like Splatoon 3. Yeah, Splatoon 3 is really good. Mm, yeah, Splatoon 3 is good. It's really good, but it's, it's really also good. more of the same somewhat. So, like, it doesn't evolve the formula that much. Mm. Live Alive was good. Live Alive. No one will nominate that for Game of the Year. That's Perry Schneider's Game of the Year. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Indeed. It'd be I, my Game I of the confused. Year if five other Game of the Years hadn't come out this year. I was confused if you could... I mean, it's a, re it's a remake, right? So, I don't know. I guess it's still applicable. It's a full remake with new content, but it's HD yeah, 2D. That's true. So that's great. New, new, <clears throat> new graphics and such. A lot of remasters, a lot of tactics games. Yeah. This year, uh, which I thought was interesting. A couple of other items on my radar. There was a new Fire Emblem Engage trailer, and I'm still not sold on the main character with their half red, half blue hair. But <laughs> I gotta say that the actual CG graphics looked really, really, really good. I was impressed by that. Also, Evil Marth, who apparently has red hair, so he turns into Roy, which begs the question, when Roy becomes evil, does he turn into Marth? Does he get the blue hair? Do they swap places? Does having blue hair make you good and red hair make you evil? Well, Roy's not evil. But you don't know that. Apparently, opposite Marth <laughs> is red hair. Opposite Marth, opposite day Marth. Emblem Marth or Gosh. something like that. I have not seen this trailer. Yeah, it's, it's, I haven't either. It's interesting. Um, this game involves bringing uh, Fire Emblem protagonists from a lot of different worlds into it. It almost feels like it's taking a cue from Fire Emblem Heroes. It's kind of a step away from your very typical uh, Fire Emblem experience, which um, at its best is maybe heavy on um, political drama and various heroes kissing each other mm, but i um I that. this one seems a lot more full uh, a lot more 
fan service oriented, I should say. Yeah. But yeah. Um, are y'all going to be playing Fire Emblem Engage when it comes out, Reb? When's it out? It's out next year. End of January. Early next year. Yeah, probably. You know, I'm not a big fire. I, sorry. I was not previously a big Fire Emblem person. Uh, fire Emblem, the last one. Hmm. The Three Houses. Three Houses. Thank you. Fire Emblem Three Houses. That was a great game. Fantastic. Uh, I put an absurd amount of hours into that. I played two entire routes. I beat it twice. I don't do this with video games. Uh, loved it. I will play a, a Fire Emblem, another one. Casey? Uh, you know, same boat. I had dabbled in Fire Emblem previously, but I had never finished one before until Three Houses. And it's very, it's extraordinarily rare for me to finish a game that I'm not working on a guide for. And I finished that game and put 80 hours into it. So... I liked it. Um, I will, I'll give this one a shot. I'm hoping that it has some similar systems in Three Houses because I think some of the social aspects was one of the things that kept me so interested. Um, the gameplay was just so varied. It, it kind of kept me from getting bored, I guess is what I, I would say. But I have hopes for it. Yeah, I definitely want to be able to invite uh, more cute people to have tea with me. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> what I want. Yes. So the tea parties. Yes. Nicole? Um, I've never played a Fire Emblem game. Oh, but now hearing thousands. that you can have, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, now that I know that you can have tea parties with cute characters, I think I might play Three Houses. It's a critical component of the game. Yeah. Also, it's one <laughs> it's of the really best. Fun. One of the best games on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's very good. It is very uh, good. Top five, I think. Putting it on my list. Good. Also, finally, small PSA for old people like me. Every single issue of Nintendo Power is now available to download. You're not that old. I'm not Nintendo Power yeah, in my day. Crazy. crazy. That's awesome. Even the really, really old ones? Even the really, really old ones Ooh. going all oh, the way that's back. That's awesome. I think the Nint- oh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Go go read the uh, the Legend of Zelda strategy guide with the, wow. the full world map and the Nintendo Fun Club Gosh. news. Video magazines are so cool. Yeah. I miss what was them. everyone's first nintendo power cover. Mm, first nintendo power that i can remember is i think i got a battletoads one um it had like comics about uh that kind of like framed the walkthrough it was very silly walkthrough and it may have had the first preview for the super nintendo as well so that's the first one are nintendo power advances also nintendo power i don't know what those are okay uh i i don't have a good answer for this i just bought them off store shelves when i saw them i never had a subscription um, how about you casey um i it was the hey you pikachu cover i hey. came home from like school one day or something it. and it was on the table and i was like what is this and they're like we got you a subscription surprise Aww. i was so stoked it's like the best <laughs> day really ever so cute. <laughs> never had a nintendo power subscription i was really missing out i my cousins had it so they gave me a whole stack of old magazines that oh. I would spend a lot of time uh, paging through, and I'd be like, "Wow, Double Dragon! That's amazing!" <laughs> How about you, Nicole? Do you did you read Nintendo Power? No, wow. um, I saw the news that Nintendo Power, all of the issues are online, and I started looking at them. So maybe that's what I'll do in between playing Three Houses: look there at old go. Nintendo yeah. Power magazine. I mean, they were just extended advertisements for all of the various games, but getting a game on the cover of Nintendo Power really did mean something because Nintendo, it meant that Nintendo was basically saying, we believe in this game because it reflects on us if we put a bad game yeah. on the cover. And um, 
uh, Howard, uh, Howard, I, I can't remember. There it is. Howard. Hey, Look at it. Yeah, there you go. Though, Hey, You Pikachu, of course, ended up famously being a pretty bad game, well. ultimately. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Apparently, it was due to do with the microphone. So yeah. uh, it was so low, like somebody replaced it with a good microphone and it actually worked. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, huh. the low bit rate meant that Pikachu couldn't understand what you were saying because you were like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Pikachu was like, Pika. Mm. <laughs> so um, Rev, what's on your radar right now? Uh, is this where I get to talk about Harvestella? Yeah, talk to me about Harvestella. Awesome. Well, uh, so I cleared my calendar for like three weeks leading up to the Pokemon uh, review embargo, thinking I would, you know, need that time. And then we didn't get it until like six days before embargo lift. So during that big empty space of time where I was just sitting around twiddling my thumbs, I was playing Harvestella. Well, not all, some of that time. Uh, it just came out. Uh, Square Enix's uh, attempt to do, to take a farming sim, to create a farming sim, because I don't think they've made one before in my memory. Uh, and throw some big, good, juicy Square Enix RPG elements on it. Uh, it's it's a weird game because it's one that I started playing and I thought, oh, I really like this. This is a good idea. But the longer I've played it, the the less interested I've become in it. Uh, I think it's trying to do too many things at once. So you're you're in this this world with these these big like season seas like crystals or whatever. There's four of them, one for each of the four seasons. There's something possibly going wrong with them. We're not super clear early on in the game what it is, but but things are getting out of whack. There's these weird like robotic suit dudes running around. Everything's just very weird. So you. You have shown up. You have no memory, obviously. Everybody has amnesia in this game. Like at least four people have amnesia. It's kind of. I, I think it might end up being a plot point. So many people have amnesia. Uh, but you show up. You have no memory of what you know, where you came from, or what you're doing. And they, the town, sort of sets you up on this empty farmhouse and is like, "Here you go." And it kind of leaves you alone to mess with your farm as much as you want, which is nice. Or go follow this, you know, RPG storyline of figuring out what's wrong with these crystals and you know, journeying to each of the four areas and doing all that uh, and the two systems feed into each other nicely but i think i think the problem is they were tri by i was hoping that both of these systems would be at least like a little deep uh but the further i play the more i realize they're actually quite shallow there's literally only two farm animals that you can have like a, a fictional equivalent of a cow and a fictional equivalent equivalent of a chicken which is someone who like animal raising is what i always gravitate toward in farming games i was like wait this is it uh there's not yeah. actually that many crops uh sort of growing them and selling them is like very like simplistic there's not a whole lot of variety or interesting things you can do with them uh there is cooking but it's not that exciting uh and then the the rpg story i thought okay maybe well this maybe this will be very exciting uh and it the premise is good i like the world building a lot uh but actually playing through it is really tedious because the combat is just, it's very one note. It's action-y combat. Uh, you, have, you have your like basic attack and then you have special abilities you can use. You have jobs you can switch between because it's a Square Enix RPG. Um, but they're all, it's very clunky and slow and just like very simple. There's not, there's not a lot of room to pull off cool combos or do cool little like aerial things or, or anything. And then uh, all the questing is just go here, talk to someone. Go here, talk to someone. Go here, talk to someone. Ugh. Give me something else to do, people. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it, it looks better than Pokemon in terms of graphics. It does. Uh, I will say, I believe it's not It's it's not on Switch and out, I think, on PC, maybe via Steam. Mm -hmm. I'm talking out of my butt here, but I think that's right. And uh, the, the PC version looks, you know, it's fine. Looks mm -hmm. all right. Uh, the Switch version, everything has just this weird, like, blur effect over it for some reason. And I don't know why that is, but it doesn't look 
great uh but it does run you know fine it's functional uh better better than scarlet and violet in that respect uh yeah so i don't know i was a lot more hyped for that game than i ended up being by the time i put it down to start playing pokemon i haven't finished it yet i don't know that i will um but it's it's there i think it's better than some of the more recent uh new harvest moon efforts certainly i'm more stoked for uh them bringing back a wonderful life story of seasons oh yeah oh yeah oh that's gonna be great aren't they doing that with drymon or something like that oh i don't know about there that. was a japanese only drymon story of seasons i think oh so. i don't know about that one which is actually um, kind of cool no i'm i'm thinking about the they're remaking the or remastering remake remaking i think it's a remake yeah. the gamecube uh, a wonderful life oh okay. okay uh but uh i can play as a girl and i can date celia uh, which is all I ever wanted as a kid, apparently. I know. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I just want to date Celia. What, what, and raise cute little round cows yeah, and little round chickens. Exactly. They're so cute. Yeah, it's been a very weird year for Square Enix because they are sending out so many of these games to just seemingly die. Uh, yeah. Dio Field Chronicle, Tactics Ogre just yeah. came out um and that was that one's a little bit weird we had john linneman on the other podcast mm. and he was talking a bit about how he kind of ended up going back to the the vita oh, to wow. play uh tactics ogre interesting uh, the psp version of tactics ogre because he couldn't deal with the the smoothed out sprites and he said i oh, just wow. want a different graphic filter yeah um and they also uh released triangle strategy so they had tactics ogre and triangle strategy yeah, in the tough. same year a lot of strategy rpgs yeah yeah a, a lot of experiments that i feel like they're not putting enough weight behind i feel like with a little more like time and money and energy i think there's a good idea at the heart of harvestella that i think they could have expanded upon but also they didn't seem very confident in it. you're right they just sort of like tossed it out there i i forgot it was out until like i think somebody in the slack was saying hey we got code for this or something yeah well they did the stream and i remember that people didn't react particularly well to the stream yeah. I, I don't think they did a great job no. of uh demoing it unfortunately because when they initially showed harvestella i was like i'm intrigued yeah okay absolutely uh there's a death season uh yeah sure uh final fantasy stardew valley sure yep. but then when uh but they didn't do a lot to actually sell me on it and i feel like i've got other games to play you do have other games to play don't i do have don't worry games. about it play yeah. scarlet and violet i got some pokemon to play yeah uh casey and nicole is harvestella on your radars at all i actually did basically the same thing reb did where i was like disappointed i wouldn't be able to play harvestella and then i suddenly had time so i checked it out um and i really was very disappointed that it wasn't more like rune factory i I thought it was just going to be Rune Factory, but Square Enix, and it is not that. Um, the as what Reb said, like the systems are not nearly as deep as what I expect in these kind of games, and I was mostly disappointed by not being able to tame monsters and have them work at my farm. I don't, I don't know. I just really like doing that. I was also really mad that I saved up a bunch of money to buy a kitchen counter so I could make food and then found that my food sells for exactly the same amount as the sum of its parts. So what yeah. the heck? Yeah, <laughs> like that the is economy. the quintessential way to make money in crafting games. Like, how do you not know this? <laughs> the economy has all, all sorts of levels of weirdness. Like the way, like it is, I'm pretty sure someone would have to do like a, a guide on this, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's actually not economical to own a chicken. I think you actually lose money by owning a chicken. Also chickens yeah. are bastards. That's that are you allowed to say that? Can you say that? <laughs> oh, it's a family show. I don't know if you can say that. Uh, 
My father raised chickens <laughs> uh, and it left him with a lasting hatred of those animals. He said that they're oh very goodness. mean and they have a way of dying. Well, Harvestella will do, do nothing. They do have a way yeah. of dying. <laughs> Your opinion of chickens. Oh, what did what did he do to make the chickens mean? I, my chickens were, are so nice. Wait. Also, they find ways to die a lot. You so have chickens. I'm with you there. You have chickens? I love, yeah. I, I mean, I had chickens until I left them in, in the care of a friend to leave for three days and came back and they were literally all dead. They're so. ex chickens. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was very, very upset and angry. Wow. But the very i can't do anything to bring the chickens back they weren't put up at night and a sociopathic raccoon came and murdered them oh my god oh, wow <laughs> darkness raccoons are psychopaths that's yeah, what i've learned true. by raising chickens they will reach in and through yes. barbed wire and they will actually grab the chickens why do you all know this Just because we are <laughs> thinking about chi getting chickens <laughs> in our house oh, actually okay. okay and so we've been thinking a lot about actual we're, chickens we're at we're at our phase in life we're at our chicken phase yeah. is what we're well, at. i live in california okay there comes a time no home of the chickens if you actually have a little property you start thinking about getting chickens okay. it's the law okay so. i got it well i'll hang in there for that after day. that digression uh nicole uh is harvestella on your radar at all I wanted to play it. I saw the trailers, um, the fishing, the farming. It looked exactly like a game I would want to play, but I didn't. I haven't picked it up yet. Um, I was also preparing for Scarlet and Violet, but this is not a Nintendo game. I've only otherwise been playing Marvel Snap. Oh, mm. it's time. I deleted it from my phone. So oh. <laughs> it's, it's making me make bad decisions. And there, I had one too many. I was up until two in the morning slash I was playing Marvel Snap when I should have been paying attention to people situations. Mm. And I was just like, I'm sorry, Marvel Snap. It is time. Oh, it is time you for you to go. broke up with Marvel Snap. I broke up with Marvel Snap. <laughs> it was a torrid relationship. Oh, no. But it's over now. I'll but, tell her not to call you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what, 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 how far are you and what's your deck? <laughs> Um, I don't know what level I am. I think I'm like at the very end of pool one, heading into pool two. Mm. Um, but I'm playing a dino deck, and of course, yeah. I am obsessed with it. It's yeah. so good. I don't lose with it. Dino decks are great. Yeah, until uh, somebody until they start breaking out Song Chi and like the Enchantress and stuff, and like people hard counter those Dino decks because they know that they're coming, but they can be very difficult to stop. Uh, a Dino deck, by the way, is moon girl plus devil dinosaur power up devil dino and also you get two of them so you can just take over two lanes without any problem and it can be very difficult to stop i understood all those words separately it was actually kind of <laughs> remarkable is that marvel snap's been teaching me a lot about the mcu that i didn't know i was like i know that character i know that character like they mentioned the collector i'm like i remember the collector yeah he's an annoying uh power two card except etc so yeah i don't even know moon girl who is that don't know dine Dino? Double Dino? No idea who that is either. It's an animated series, I guess, but also maybe there's a comic. I think it's literally Girl Genius summons a dinosaur and they solve crime together. Is this Whoa. what I sound like when I talk to you about wrestling? Yes. Great. Okay, just confirming. <laughs> I'm not even that much of a Marvel person, but working at IGN like has forced me to really Osmosis, learn a lot yeah. about Marvel. It just sort of bleeds into your brain. Yeah, no, it's like I can't help it. It's just by, uh, and I, Jesse Shadeen, like just reading his articles, he's so knowledgeable about yeah, comics and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's actually really interesting. Okay, I had no idea about that. Now yeah. it's just lodging in my brain. 
Yeah. Never getting rid of it. No. No. It ki- probably kicked something else out, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. Um, Nicole, is there anything else on your radar right now? Um, for now, it's just going to be Pokemon. I am Pokemon. going to continue playing uh, for a very long time, I, I think. And Casey, you're stuck fully in the throes of a uh, guide season right now. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Casey and yeah, the IGN seriously. guides team who I have helped in the most minor way, but like being able to sort of talk to them and see their absurd process for putting together these ridiculously good and detailed guides about all the little intricacies and and corners of these games uh these guys are champs and they're incredible and if you need any help with pokemon at all go click on their guides geez thank you <laughs> yeah. i had been doing guides for polygon during this this time it was my like one of the i don't do guides very often and it's so hard it's mm-hmm. so hard. It's really hard. I have so much respect for guides writers. I was tracking TMs in the game. And oh my I god, just, I'm sorry. Arceus <laughs> oh so hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, IGN Guides has had a very, very good year. And I'm incredibly impressed by the astonishing talent and patience uh, oh. that guides writers like Casey have. Uh, watching them go through these games in such a detailed and incredible way. I i use ign's guides all the time no it's true actually I like do. i'll just find them be like oh this walkthrough is really good yeah so yeah keep up the good work it's, casey uh, i honestly like being in it like this is kind of fun just trying to be like okay i have an empty space in my pokedex that is obviously an evolution of this thing but it's not evolving what do i do mm-hmm. like so it doesn't have dungeons right but there are so many little puzzles like this sprinkled all over the game yeah. like you find this item it's like what do i do with this or like why is this happening like i like i something happened and i was like i have no idea what or why i guess i gotta figure it out or like um man i don't know if it's okay to say i, I just won't specify this pokemon but there is a pokemon that is hard to identify and figuring out if there is a way to actually identify it just like things like that and it's a process but i think it's a they're like fun little mini puzzles to figure out yeah and there's like it, it, you're right i i had never thought of it that way but you're absolutely right that they are basically the equivalent of puzzles there again i can't talk about this pokemon there's a pokemon that i was using in my party uh that i couldn't figure out how to evolve and i didn't really understand how to do it and i got a clue because a certain type of trainer was using that pokemon and they were also using another type of pokemon that also evolves in a similar way and by sort of like extrapolating okay this is the kind of thing that trainer would likely do therefore this is probably how that pokemon evolves let me like practice this and then asking around other people who were also playing the game and being like hey like do you know anything about this like i eventually was able to put together the clues and be like okay this is it and then i was able to practice it and demonstrate that i could do it and it felt really cool and exciting when mm-hmm. it finally evolved i was like oh yeah i did it i was like yelling by the way i i fine-tuned that process and figured out exactly the amount of time you have to do the thing to get them to evolve that is really and cool i have no idea how you buttons? did that i recorded things and timed stuff and looked at my video footage ridiculous silly i'll just keep going over and see reb playing and i'll be like what you doing she's like capturing footage for casey and i'm like no wow you're so helpful but also wow (laughs) so intense um casey have you been playing bayonetta 3 at all i haven't been able to touch it no really yeah yeah kind of we did a review episode about it obviously but it almost feels like 
it came and went very rapidly. It exited the discourse. Yeah, this. but what a di- I mean, what a discourse though. <laughs> I think it's because all of the attention has turned toward God of War and whatnot. Yeah. So, and and then everybody was looking ahead to Pokemon. So yeah, it was hard so to pay attention, keeping their powder dry. Yeah, as it were, but. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I I'll probably pick up Bayonetta three. But yeah. I watched my partner beat it. Looked fun. Yeah, oh, it looks really fun. Lots of very stylish people running around doing cool. Very moves. stylish people. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Love uh, that for them. Uh, Casey, is there anything else you want to shout out before we go on? No, I think I think that's I think that's it. Oh, I've been watching Chainsaw Man. That's fun. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> uh, unrelated. Wait, have you been watching Chainsaw Man? No. Apparently it has a lot of political commentary. I think it's a little too violent for Reb. Is it about capitalism? I don't know, but I keep seeing, seeing really gruesome images, so I just stay away. <laughs> I just, I haven't been able to watch the last few episodes and I'm just, I'm really sad about it. Look at Red with the B-roll. Oh, oh how do you do this so, so fast? <laughs> so impressed. Um, it's fun. It's a fun anime. I, we, I have a watch party with my friends and my friends make uh, cocktails themed or one of the characters in the show every week. And uh, that's very cool. Chainsaw Man. <laughs> it's very violent. Uh, well, I, I think that uh, this this episode of uh, NBC is definitely going to be PG rated based on instead of the usual G rated based on this B roll footage. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is great. We've we've said a swear. We've said a Pokemon. We said a swear. <laughs> we said a moderately bad word. I suppose. Um, okay, it's time now. For the question block, the segment in which we go to the community and we take their questions. And this one is from Caleb Shabastari. What spin-off Pokemon game that doesn't already exist do you want to see next? And I've already said, this is my dream game, the game I've been waiting for, Pokemon Stardew Valley, where you're running your own gym. Mm. And if they made that, you would never see me again. Oh yeah, you wouldn't see me again either. That's yeah, great. It would be incredible. Theme your gym take on quests for the villagers build the village up and your gym up um give up design your own badge and give out the badges go out into the forest to catch new pokemon um steadily build up your team and build a thriving community i can't believe they haven't done this yet i love that i can absolutely they they have they've never taken a good fan idea (laughs) no absolutely not i've been waiting for this idea for a long time how about you rep oh um that's tough uh i mean i the thing you just said probably uh I think it'd be fun. So a game that I really enjoyed back uh, in the 3DS, DS era, whichever one it was, was Pokemon Art Academy. I never played the actual Art Academy games, but Pokemon, I'm, I can't draw. I love that. Uh, Pokemon Art Academy, <laughs> like all the Art Academy games assumed that you could draw this perfectly formed, like shiny apple very quickly. I promise I'm getting to a point somewhere. Uh, but Pokemon Art Academy was like very simple. Uh, you could draw like a, a goofy looking guy and you still felt like you accomplished something and learned something. And the use of the touch screen was like really good and sensitive. And so what I would really like is for the DS to mysteriously revive itself and then... Th- for them to introduce a cooking game that uses similar functions where it gives you like, like you get recipes and you have Pokemon helping you cook. Uh, so you have, you know, like, like a little Pikachu and you have him like stir the the soup or whatever. And you don't include any uh, actual Pokemon <laughs> ingredients, but maybe they help you pick berries. I don't know. Uh, but I think like, like a, a cooking game with like actual recipes that's like geared more towards people who are just learning how to cook that, you know, gives actual useful instruction, like a cooking mama kind of, but with Pokemon because they're cute. Yeah. I play that. Yeah. Also, we needed a touch screen back so that I can play another Etrian Odyssey. We really do. Yeah. I'm, I, I miss the DS. It was nice. Yeah. It was cute. 
I mean, these days now people are using the Steam Deck and the TV is a second screen in a kind of an odd Wii U setup. That's true. Kind of interesting. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you can do anything with that Steam Deck. Uh, how about you, Casey? What, what spin-off game that doesn't exist do you want to see next from Pokemon? Uh, I, I don't have the capacity for creativity right now. I'm just going to say I want a second Pokemon Conquest. <laughs> I, Casey, I got a DS copy of Pokemon Conquest from a friend of mine who was moving uh, a couple of weeks ago. I haven't picked, I haven't like opened it yet, but I'm super excited to play this thing. Oh, you have to play it. It's so yeah. good. I, I've heard it's like the I love Pokemon best. Conquest. I've heard it's like one of the best Pokemon spinoffs. It is. It's, it's amazing. Even the people evolve. The people evolve with their Pokemon. How cool is that? Okay, yeah, that rules. And they have, they have their perfect partner Pokemon. So you gotta like, you gotta collect your people and then find their best friend and pair them together so they get stronger and evolve together. And it's, it's cool. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. I would love Pokemon Fire Emblem. It's Fire Emblem, but it's Pokemon. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. That's what this is. Yeah, that, I, I think so. But it's except it's Nobunaga's Invision. So yeah, yeah, it's a little bit ambition, so slightly different. Yeah, warlords. I, yeah, warlords, but with Pokemon. And God, it's so weird that this game ultimately happened. But Nicole, do you yeah. have a dream spinoff? Um, I would love to see a Pokemon MMO. Mm. Um, and because part of you know part of the reason I'm so excited for the multiplayer for Sword and Shield is because I want to play with other I want to play Pokemon with other people but imagine if you could play Pokemon with like a lot of other people um and I would love there to be like a role playing element where people can take over gyms and like be the gym leader maybe we add in some of that Stardew Valley sort of thing and you have your little farm but it's an MMO um that sounds ideal to me um I would love that, that. Really cool there was, I, I don't think I'll get in trouble for talking about this. Uh, I think it's probably gone by now. Uh, years and years ago, I played a fan-made Pokemon MMO. Uh, it was built- I think it was just called Poke MMO or something. Yeah, something. It was built on top of, I think, Fire Red and Leaf Green, basically. Uh, so it was top-down, like 2D, old-school Pokemon. Uh, but you could see everybody else who was playing alongside you. Um, you could just walk up to them and battle them, trade with them. Uh, it was it was like actively in development when I was playing, so they were adding features gradually. Uh, there wasn't quite the level of depth you were describing, but it actually turned out that like this was simultaneously very fun, but also kind of useless uh, for the world of Pokemon. Uh, it was kind of how I experienced it. Uh, but, but it was like a neat idea. It was cool to see what other people were doing and like, like watch them sort of run into battles or like, like you're on your Pokemon journey and there's like five other people starting at about the same time as you and you kind of see how they, they go. And like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of a neat idea. Uh, I, I think it's, it was sort of, oh my God, did, did Red <laughs> find it? Wow. Is this allowed? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my yeah. I think this, I think this is it. Yeah. Cause you can have Pokemon fall. Yeah. Oh, this looks like it. Yeah. Oh, I don't think this is the one I, well. No, I don't think this is the one that I played. Uh, but same exact same idea, like like precisely on. Uh, yeah, I have no idea whatever happened to it. Hmm. Yeah. I want to decorate like my my room too. You yeah, know, my Pokemon, yeah, more my, so. my bedroom and yeah. Bring back secret bases. Oh gosh, yeah. I loved secret oh. bases. The coolest thing about Pokemon Emerald was having a, multiple secret bases, mm -hmm. and they would have level one hundred Pokemon in them that you could go in and actually train against. And yeah. And it was so, and it, it was fun to go through the battle tower and unlock um, awards and such that I could put into my house. Um, and then in Platinum, they had your own vacation home that you could decorate. Oh, wow. And gym leaders would come by and say hello. <laughs> what What are you doing, 
Pokemon. Bring all this stuff back, seriously. But um, Matt Nevin wants to know, what Pokemon gen or game do you think has the best music? Is it this one? Is it Scarlet and Violet, Rep? Mm. Oh, that's tough. Uh, this is up there. Um, maybe? That's, it's really hard for me to say. I I have a really soft spot in my heart for Hoenn because I think the trumpets were funny. Um, I love a good joke. Uh, I think... I don't know. I actually don't know what, know what the answer to this is. I think, I think it kind of your mileage may vary because uh, I know a lot of people really liked uh, some of the things they were doing specifically with uh, like X and Y and then uh, like like sun and moon and how they were kind of theming their soundtracks around sort of the themes of those games and the environments they were in. So they had a very specific type of sound. Uh, I remember like black and white being much more, uh, a specific kind of sound heavy. I don't know how to describe music. And I also don't remember these soundtracks very well. Uh, black and white had the, when you got to the final boss uh, that you were fighting against uh, in the Pokemon gym leader, the music would change and do a, a fast yeah. version of the normal Pokemon theme. I thought that was pretty cool. But Sword and Shield had one of the best Pokemon gym leader themes. It did. I also. think, yeah, I think individual themes are, you know, there's ones that beat it. Uh, I will, I guess what I will say for Scarlet and Violet is that uh, I do not think that Pokemon games have come up with a, with memorable like little melodies for a long time. Like we can all probably hum to ourselves the Pokemon theme song, probably some stuff from Red and Blue, probably some stuff from Gold and Silver because we spent so much time with them, maybe a little bit from Gen 3. But at a certain point, it, it very much st stopped becoming memorable. And I can really only think of a couple tunes specifically that have stuck in my brain from later games. Uh, the main theme of this game of Scarlet and Violet has been rocking around in my head constantly for the last several days because they use the- Oh, you mean, you mean Celestial by- uh... What's his name? No, I do not mean the Ed Sheeran <laughs> song. No, uh, the the main motif because they uh, they have woven it so well through the battles, through the cycling theme, through the the different route themes, through uh, a couple of the very specific character battle themes and other big moments in the game. Like the motif is just woven through really well, and it's actually very catchy. Uh, so because of that, like I think I think this might be one of the more memorable soundtracks long term. I I think it I think it's a hard debate about the best. Well, we're almost out of time. Sorry, sorry. But very, very quickly. Jeez, Rip. Sorry. But very, very quickly, uh, Casey, Nicole, do you have a favorite soundtrack in Pokemon? You know, I, I'm Gen 4 isn't my favorite gen, but mm. I love a lot of the music from that Great gen gym. and find myself just gen. adding it to my playlist. Um, I also like Gen 2's music a lot as well. I think everybody loves Cynthia because they love that champion theme uh, so much. It's really good. Uh, how about you, Nicole? I'm kind of someone who they all like blend together for. So like, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, at this point, I can't remember what the music in Arceus sounded like. So yeah. it's all gone for me. I really enjoyed the music from Crystal and shout out to Pokemon Black 2 and White 2, which had the Pokemon World Tournament, which brought back all of the gym leader that was themes. Good, yeah. Really, really good. But that's about all the time we have left. 
for this week's NVC. But before we go, I have a few favors to ask. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps us spread the good NVC word and we will be forever in your debt. Also, IGN Plus Plus members can grab game keys for three games right now, including Onsen Master, Blood Rain Terminal Cut, and Tiny Troopers Global Ops. Special thanks to our guests, Casey, Reb, and Nicole, and thanks to Red on the ones and twos. Most of all, thanks to you all for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can get the thing. The thing. Maybe Pokemon. Hey folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are Sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know, it sounds profound though. Right?